Welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. Got a fun episode for you guys today. We yes, got a little we bit do. of news, a little bit of scooter, a little bit of truck, a little bit of Porsche. I mean, it's... What else? Heart... <laughs> I suppose we'll talk a little bit about the Harley. But before we get into any of that, what have you got for us? Yeah, let's take a moment to tell everyone that this news episode is brought to you by our Patreon subscribers. Yeah, Without been, them, we wouldn't be here. It's Plain been a great influx of people in the last... You know, a couple of weeks, I've sent out a bunch of prints, which, like I tell everybody, this is the only way you're going to get a print from me. I did, I donate one to uh, Cooled Collective to raise right, some money for autism, cool. but generally, I don't do don't do prints. You just don't sell. I just don't. There's there's reason for it, but however, uh, generally, if you head over to Patreon.com/slash/Overcrest, you can get one. You, you can, can get a print. You can get, get a T-shirt. You can get exclusive content. So we uh, we look forward to that. If you are interested, the link is in the bio. It's very easy. It's not hard. Takes, I'll even tell it to you. Patreon.com. Slash overcorrect. That's it. That's all I got to do. All right. So you did some work on the Harley. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Chris. On the right. hog. Working on the hog. Yeah. I would like to say that you had your Harley way before I had the Vespa. Right. And the Vespa, it was running way before your Harley was running because you couldn't stop doing drywall and <laughs> stupid stuff like that. So I'm ready. It's nice out today. I uh-huh. can ride the Vespa right now because spring is here. And, and you, why aren't you riding it? Well, I'm here with you. Okay, okay. I'm here with you. Yeah. We'll talk about how scared I was later on. Yeah, for sure. I know. I meant to do all these projects before, but never did. But hey, it's nice working in the garage when it's nice out. Yeah, it gives you a little bit of of motivation. So what did you do to this thing? I saw you got it running. Finally got it running. So this thing- It doesn't seem like it would be huge. You have this like crazy ignition thing sticking out. It's a magneto. It looks all billet and kind of nice. What's the story with that? It's a magneto. What's so a magneto? magneto is old school tech. It's what all like old engines used to use because you don't need a battery to fire the spark plugs. It oh, that's just like my scooter. Yeah, it creates, well, yes, but that's built into the flywheel where you have a stator and everything else. Yeah. This is all an independent single unit in the Magneto. Okay, so it's so, something that's gear drive off the crank or exactly. off of something. Okay. Yeah, it, they make them, so uh, the earlier... Harleys and Ironheads all had Magneto drive, and I converted this later model to a Magneto drive, and a lot of guys use the Why tack. do you not want it? Why were they like, we're getting rid of this, this is stupid, we're... Uh, because... What was you, the advancement here, away from this? You basically, it's old tech, you don't so need what? it. Tell me, why? Why did Because we... they were putting a battery on board anyways, for okay. electric start, and for all the turn signals and everything else, and they said, well, we don't need this big honking Magneto here, we can just run regular coil points so etc you can't run blinkers with a magneto yes you can so what i don't understand i'm getting rid of all electronics i understand that but my point is what progress was made by getting rid of that electric start that's what it was basically yeah because the because the magneto is not going to charge a battery correct no it, it, it does not right. produce okay. electricity other than its own spark so if you added a system to charge the battery then the magneto becomes redundant and you don't exactly. need it you might as well get rid of it that exactly. was my point. Okay. yes that is it so i did that i then he's also a, a marvel character by the way that's true yes magneto yes should Which, I, I should wear that as a helmet no <laughs> no you should not no, you should not do that. You know. So got it running finally because it didn't have ignitions. We put Magneto on it and got it timed perfectly. Which, you say we, you are you see? working this with your dad? Uh, it was me. Uh, our friend Colin came over for a little bit to help one day, and then my dad came over. So, yeah, it's it's been, I don't know. Thanks I, for the invite. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Yeah, it was, would have been great to hang out with my buddy Jake, work on his 
you stupid Harley. You never want to come down because you're like, I live an hour away. I would have. I'm being grumpy the up here. The last time you invited me over to your house was to dig holes in the ground. <laughs> that is true. And what did I say? <laughs> you said okay. I said yes. I'll be there to that dig is, holes you are a in good your friend. yard. You are a good friend. Yeah. I don't invite you for any of the fun stuff. None of the fun stuff. <laughs> only for ditch digging and hole digging. That's awesome. Look, next know it's going to be your like, place. Hey, I have to move a couch. <laughs> I actually do have to move couches <laughs> tomorrow. You want to come over? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's really ironic you yeah, said that. No, okay. Actually, um, I could come help you move your couch if you want me to. Because I come down to the city on Fridays anyway. Oh, you're right. So if you need help moving and your stupid couch. And then we could couch, work on the Harley a little bit. I can't, chopping maybe. up the frame. Maybe. Okay, I like yeah, this. Let's down. move couches. All right. Move couches, work on Harleys. All right. Um, yeah, so on that note, finally got it timed. Uh, did you see the timing procedure on this stupid thing? It looks like a nightmare. So because... The crankshaft is the t is the, its own flywheel. So the flywheel of the engine is the crankshaft. It's integral, right? Okay. And Why? so, in order to see any timing marks, you have to basically open up the case I'm, I'm into the crankshaft. So, is there a big flywheel that's integral to it, or is it single piece? Single piece. How? The crankshaft is a big, solid steel circle. Yeah, but I'm trying to envision that how that is compares the to flywheel. a flywheel. Okay, I'm trying to compare that to a Anything regular crankshaft. Else the flywheel is a separate part off of the crankshaft. Okay, so they just didn't make it a separate part. They, they just, just didn't made... make a flywheel. They're like, let's just make the crankshaft heavy enough. <laughs> okay. All right. So well, makes... in order to time it and see any reference for timing marks, you have to basically open up the crank case and they have a little access hole there. But what happens when you expose a crankcase full of oil, it just blows out of this hole as you're yeah. trying to look at it. Yeah. I got sprayed in the face, got oil in my eye, everything else. I'm like, there, there's no way this is how you do this. There's no way. And so I'm Googling. And when the did they make this thing? 1960? Well, they didn't change them from like 50 to Okay, 80. so we're talking about the 1950s when yeah. guys didn't care about getting sprayed in the face by right, oil. Right, but it also is impossible to use a timing light when all you're seeing is... <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So I'm like, how how do they expect you know to how do you this? would just do timing? Is probably get like a timing stop that goes in the spark plug hole. Yes, but you can't do that while you're turning it over. I suppose there's no way to see where your ignition is. Yeah. So do they make like a cover? Interesting, you say. Hold that. on. Do they make a cover that allows you to see anything or have like a timing hole? There is you, a timing hole. Yeah, but it's at the bottom. Right? It's at the bottom That's of the crankcase. That's where crank the crankcase is. I know, well, it's at the they... top of the crankcase, below in the V of the cylinders. Anyways, you pull this out. I'm like, what the heck? So I do some Googling, and all the old, old Harley guys are like, well, yeah, you obviously cut a little piece of a one-inch tube, ru you know, rubber hosing, and you thread it in there, and yeah. you thread it right up against. Flush on it. Flush yeah. onto the crankshaft. So then it's basically a gasket. Yes, yeah. you basically made a gasket so you can see. And so I'm sitting there trying to time this and find timing marks on it. And it's hard. When you rotate it by hand, you can see them. But for whatever reason, I got the magneto. You open it up. It still has points in the magneto. So you can kind of eyeball it. You bring it to the top dead center, and you eyeball it right where the points. Is it keyed in some way where you can't get it like 180 degrees off? Oh, you easily can, yes. Okay. So, yes. Is it so first, to make sure that didn't happen, I took my compression tester, and I took out the valve, and I got it at top dead center, screwed that in, and just do the blow test. Do you know what this is? No, I don't know what okay. this is. So if you, because top dead center happens twice in a in a basically internal combustion engine stroke of the Correct. four strokes. Yeah, yeah. It happens twice. However, at one point, the valves are open. At the other ha 
point, the uh, valves are closed on the combustion and compression strokes. Yep. So in order to check if you are 180 degrees out, you take a compression tester, oh, okay. screw it in, and you just blow into the cylinder. If you can blow, then There's, obviously the valves are open. Correct. If you can't blow, then you're at top dead center on the correct stroke. Right. So made sure we were there. And then I also took the points or the magneto cover off to expose the points and just kind of moved it until the eyeball where they're just starting to open. So did you have to take that out and slide it into the yes. correct gear? And yes. Make sure? Okay. Yep. So yeah, you can re, I had to re-clock it a index couple it. different times. Yeah, re-index. Re yep. <clears throat> so I got that fairly good to go, but I still for the life of me couldn't see the timing marks go by as I'm trying to start it. Like this doesn't make any sense. What the hell? I finally realized when positioning the points little follower on the cam lobe mm -hmm. i used the wrong side of the cam lobe okay. i got confused which way it was spinning okay which the rotation of the motor which way the mo motor was right rotating. but it's also going through like a gear drive system and there's a cover on the cam of the points so you can't visibly see which way it's spinning okay so once i figured that out can't my... you just look at the rotor and see which way the rotor is spinning no why because it's just a there is no rotor. Yeah. There's no distributor rotor. There's no cap. There's no, no there's no, no okay. exactly. There's no right. cap. It's just points. Yeah. Um, so then got that. My dad came over then. And so once I figured that, I was trying to, again, find timing marks now that I'm like, now it's correct. Yeah. He goes, screw your stupid timing hole. Let's get it started and time it by ear like we used to. Oh, there you go. And it worked. Yeah, it's all so good. So we got it going. We dialed it in. When he Runs says we perfect. used to, he's talking about him and every everybody else. Yeah, that's older than us. Right, like when you couldn't afford a timing light, well, or when that was before timing lights existed. Right, you would just tune it by ear, and then you get on the throttle, and if it starts to ping, then you got to bring it back. Yeah. So we did that. It worked great, and I I had rebuilt the carb before, but I had installed. There's like a helper spring on the float bowl of the carb. This is kind of a unique thing, where the float is big and brass, but the float bowl itself doesn't hold enough fuel to basically float itself so there's a helper spring that sounds stupid it is stupid but i had the helper spring installed the wrong way so it was helping keep it open when it was, so supposed it was just to, flooding yeah out. it was just flooding everywhere so i fixed that and it runs perfect like first crank it just yep. does the stupid sound that harley's doing. yes yeah. so now that i know it runs well i start stripping it apart and the reason I wanted to make sure it ran well first is, A, so I know once I do all this work, it can be working, but also I'm converting it to kickstart only. So we're getting rid of the starter, and I don't want to mess around with trying to start this thing and get it running just by kicking my leg off. Yeah. So it took me all of like 25 minutes to get to, up from a running bike shoes to on. stripped down to the frame. So just, just the frame. So you're ready to start welding away. Yep. That's the next step. That's yep. what we're going to do tomorrow. Tomorrow, we're going to cut the frame. We're okay. going to start actually chopping the Ooh, chopper. Yeah. Oh, that's why it's that's called why the chopper. That's why it's chop. called the chopper. You didn't know this? No. No, it's a chopper. Get to the chopper! <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's why it's called a chopper. Got it. Because you chop up the because frame. Because it's a helicopter. Exactly. Yeah. Get to the chopper! <laughs> so I was working on the scooter quite a bit. Okay. And I've done a lot in the last week or so. What have you done? I did, uh, I put new tires on, which That's is good. Which is, which is good. And I couldn't get the, it's a split rim. Right. Right. So we talked about that, but I couldn't get the tire off. It had been on there so long that I couldn't get the tire off break the, bead. the bead. I couldn't do it. And I just, I could have done it, but I was like, oh, the taco place is right next to the tires plus place. So I'm going to go <laughs> drop this things off at tires plus and then get yeah. a taco. And I got to yeah. eat lunch anyway. Walk into Tires Plus. What did they say? They're like, what the heck is I said, this? I, I said, you, can you do this for me? He's like, we don't work. They go, we don't work on 
scooter wheels or motorcycle wheels. I'm like, I just need a guy with tire spoons to just pull this off for me. And she's like, hold on. So she comes, she goes away, comes back. She's like, can't do it. And I said, can you just like, it's just, I'll pay you like $50, whatever just for like, it would take very little effort right. for them to take a, a spoon and just peel this tire off right. this room. Very low effort, very low effort. She's like, sorry, sir. I just can't do it. And I just go, what is this? Tires minus? And I just, <laughs> and I but walked no, out. Are you kidding I me? Did. How long were you saving that in your mind? It came up in my head right away. <laughs> and there was this, there was this lady sitting in a chair in the waiting room. And she looked at me with like, like over her glasses. Which, and she didn't like, <laughs> I thought you were going to get people laughing minus? at you in the waiting room. Nobody laughed. And oh, I just would have just cracked up. I said, what is this tires minus? And I just like stormed out <laughs> and I'm kind of chuckling to myself on my way out. The You're door. just so pleased with yourself. I was for very, thinking of very, that. very pleased That's amazing. with myself. So I got every, the scooter is pretty much I done. Think, by the way, I think tires minus was the place that wouldn't align the 911 back in Texas too. Yes. Also tires Damn, minus. Tires they didn't, minus. They didn't want to do anything. Uh, tires plus actually probably aligned your Porsche and charged you $800 because that was plus, plus, yeah, plus. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it was not yes, actually tires plus. Yes, anyway, no. that is still crazy that you paid $800 <laughs> for an alignment on your talk about Porsche. This? No, we never did. That is insanity. Yeah. That's yeah. all. That's all that needs to be said about yes. it. You had massively overcharged. Yes. Anyway, the, the scooter runs. It's great. I went and took it for a spin. It's fast. And I don't know. My reference point <laughs> is falling off a dirt bike when I was a little kid. <laughs> okay. And a Honda Ruckus. Right. So those are my two reference Which points a for two wheels. You can get to 50 no, in a speed 35. Tuck. 35. Oh, that's it? 35, okay. 40 miles an hour. Well, it's a 50cc, 49cc right. thing. Yes. They're, they're slow. Really slow. Right. You don't have to shift. Single speed. There, yes. Or the variator or whatever it is that you have on those, which yep. is it's like a snowmobile, basically, I think. <clears throat> right. It's kind of how it works. Without the, I don't think there's a belt, though. It's like little, it's like little balls that, like, you know, it's still a centrifugal force. It's still a belt. Is it a belt? Yes. Okay. Well, whatever. It's, it's, it sucks. You go 45, 40 miles an hour tops downhill hey. in a tuck. <laughs> so I get on this thing, and uh, like I said, the first thing I did was drive around the neighborhood a couple times, like last time we talked, and I got on it in like first, second gear. Sure. And then kind of puttered around and forth. I didn't, you know, try too hard i got it kind of fast but it was over like a long period of time and took it out on the main road and absolutely ripped the scooter just (laughs) ripped it i was trying to catch up um to this guy who was in a jeep in front of me okay he's going probably 60 65 okay so i'm first gear whoop second gear whoop third gear whoop fourth gear whoop just like all the way just also i look down i'm going 65 miles an hour it's windy yeah. Okay. And I kind of, and, and it's, and I'm kind of like getting moving. the cross. Yep. A little, a little bit of a cross reason. I start to kind of like wobble, not like a speed wobble with the steering no. wheel, but it's just like, I'm going in a straight line, but the scooter is kind of just moving. Yep. Right. It's kind of just moving <laughs> on the road. And I let off the throttle and I'm just like, it was the first time I remember being scared doing something in a very long time. Hmm. Like I was shaky. Yeah. Like I had like this shaky, yeah. sick feeling. Yeah. So I took it home and I just parked it and I looked at the plug and I was like, cause I did the, I wanted to look at the plug. Right. I wanted to do a really big wide open throttle pull well, so I can look at the plug. And you so did it, was, it wrong then. No, I stopped. I pulled over on the side of the road right away. You I, have to kill the engine at it. speed. Okay. I, did. I killed it. Gotcha. Stopped on a little intersection, pulled the plug on the side of the road. Well, I'm helmet on, like pulling the plug yeah, and people yeah, are driving by. Yeah. Like, what the no idea what's F going is on. this guy doing? And uh, it looked great. Perfect. So, but then at that point, I'm like shaky 
yep. and, and an uncomfortable. Yep. And that's when I called you and went, <laughs> Jake, I'm scared. Yes. It was, and you were like, I'm listing this thing up for sale. I said, I'm like I'm getting thinking, rid of it. I thought I, don't I like I, it. I need to sell this thing. It's too fast. <laughs> and then I go, but is it? Like, yeah, is this too is fast? It? I no. don't know. So then you I looked don't at, have to pin the throttle every time, Chris. <laughs> yeah, right. So I looked up on the internet: is our Vespas that go 60 miles an hour too fast? Like, what are other people saying? <laughs> okay. And other people are like, yeah, it it's, takes a lot of getting used to. Yes, it does. It well, really it, does it, take a lot of getting used to, especially. That riding position is so weird and not conducive to feeling in control. Because like, on a motorcycle, sitting, you're in the bike. You, yeah, you straddle the bike. This thing, you're literally sitting on top of it with your legs perfectly forward like a toilet. Like someone's going to slap your fingers if you don't sit up straight or something. Yes, like, like It's like it's this really weirdest, weird riding position. And there's no way to really feel the bike underneath you except when it just starts wiggling. Yeah, and it made me really, really uncomfortable. So anyway, I decided not to drive it around a little bit more. Okay. After I talked to you, I drove it over to the park and I went like 40 and I'm just kind of chilling around on it. And it was awesome. Okay. It good. was great. It felt really nice to drive. I did hear a little bit of pinging on Ooh. the way home. Like a, just a better dial it back. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to check the ignition timing. And this is while you were checking your ignition timing. Okay. So this is the ignition timing episode. <laughs> Easier for me. Timing is everything. I have a flywheel. Right. I don't have top dead center marks, <clears throat> but I have a flywheel. You made your own though. I did. So what I did is I just took a screwdriver and I shoved it in the hole, the spark plug hole. <laughs> and I just you make wrote, it sound so violent. Yeah, I, I hope you didn't just no. I I, I placed it gently slam into it. the yes. and I okay. and I put some pressure on the top of the piston. Yes, and I just kind of rotated it back and forth until you find until it. I kind of felt it going. And there's like this dead the dwell right. There's a dwell on top it of it is, but that's just geometry, right? right? Yes, but there's like this, you try to find the center of the dwell, which is where the piston is at the top dead center the longest. Right. And it's kind of psychological, right? It's always moving, but yes. just at the top dead center, it always seems to hover there for a second. Right, so you I know try what to, you mean. You try to keep it, you know, at that spot. And I took a file... And I filed Fun the, fact, you don't have to worry about being 180 degrees out on that thing. No, I don't. It just fires every damn time. Every time, every time. So I f took a file and I filed a little notch on the flywheel. Yep. And I filed a little notch on the case. case. Yep. And I'm about three degrees too high. Okay. Which I don't know if that's enough to make it ping or not. I haven't I haven't adjusted it yet. So I'm, I'm at 23 degrees. I need to be at 20. Or some guys say 18. So I'm going to dial it back to 18 okay. and just see if it's better. I don't know. I could yeah. just hear a little bit it almost sounds like a little bit of a rattle in the chassis well like that the, could be it i mean that's I, I can't imagine you know i could feel it could come back on the throttle it would return you know okay. I, could, I could hear it but i um also one thing you told me to do is i haven't fixed that yet i need to do that okay. another thing you told me to do is get a cylinder head temperature gauge yes why because with two cycles especially it's a very easy modified two cycles to run them too hot they get a little bit lean and under full load they can run very hot and you can basically wipe your cylinder or soft seize or cause a lot of damage. Basically get a hole in your piston is very, right. very common. Right. And it's not that big of a deal. You know, you can just... No, you can, because you can these fix are it so on the, easy to... You can fix it on the side of the road. I, I've heard of guys that are pretty hardcore with old mopeds specifically, not the scooters, who will keep an extra cylinder kit like in it, their bag and just replace them on the side of the freeway or road or wherever. Awesome. They're probably not on the freeway, but I like that. That's a, that's an awesome sentiment. However, I, I don't really want to do that. So I'm going to, no. I'm going to dial the timing back a little bit, but I decided to put the cylinder head temperature gauge on there. Do you right. know what a good temperature is? What's acceptable? No idea. Me either. None. So I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking in terms of I've had the oil temperature in my nine 11 up to 250 degrees. Okay. So I'm thinking that's hot. Sure. So I'm thinking 250 degrees will be 
would be hot. Sure. In, in a two-star. I, I, I would no do idea. some Googling I on should, that. I should. We do have the technology to just we know the indeed. answer. We could just look it up. <laughs> and so I had, to, I had to, it goes, the one I got goes underneath the spark plug. Right. So you just, and it, of course it didn't fit. I had to like, you know, hog oh, it out, ream to it out. It to ream it out to get it to go on the spark plug. Did, but you, I, did you just yell at it a lot? I, I, get to feel I did, really I did end up I did end up yelling at it a lot. But I <laughs> so when I went to put it back in, I so the, the I never used to be a power tool guy. I was always hand tools. Okay. Always. I was okay. hand tools for life. Why? Because I can feel what I'm doing. Right. Right. You can feel when things are good and tight. You can that's yep. that's pretty good. That's built pretty, in torque wrench, right? I got there. a torque wrench right there. I've tightened a lot of things. I know what's tight. I know what things feel like when they're getting too, too tight. tight and then all of a sudden get looser. Yeah, you can feel that. You you can kind of feel that coming. You can feel the bolt stretch. Like I can feel it. I know I've or, done it. Yep. Or I, the threads kind of rolling over. Yeah, you can just feel it. I've tightened probably thousands of bolts now at this right. point, right? I'm a bolt tightening professional. Yes. My, even my brain goes click when I'm tightening things, right? <laughs> um, but <laughs> just picturing you tightening all of a sudden, yeah, my, your head just tips to the side. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, there he is. Or, or a little beep comes out of my, out of my ears. No, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's the exertion. So you just Little, yeah, little, little fart little comes fart. out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's only for above 90 foot pounds. Okay, yeah. good. And I just, I started, I'd have, I'd had the spark plug out in and out so many times, checking the color and everything. Like that. I yeah. started using this little ratchet, this little, Uh-oh. this little Milwaukee power ratchet. Uh, I know where this is going. And I, and I, and I had been starting it with my fingers okay. and then putting the ratchet yeah, on. That's fine. I stuck the spark plug in the socket, threw it on the ratchet. <laughs> <laughs> and went, <laughs> and what did I do? Oh, you, I'm sure you cross-threaded the cross-thread heck out the of that ever thing. living hell out of it. And, uh, how many Uggadugas did you get to before you're like, wait a minute. It doesn't really Uggadugga. Okay. But when I, when I took it out, when I took it back out, it pulled the threads out with it basically. Oof. Yep. And I was just like, cause that's an aluminum head. It's an aluminum head. Yep. It's a hundred dollars, which is great. Cause I'm just going to order a new one at this point. Okay. But I did decide to i'm like you know what i'm gonna fix it i mm-hmm. screwed this up i'm gonna fix it i drove over to AutoZone or did O'Reilly that head or whatever. come with the cylinder kit yes okay yeah so i have to call it melosi See, or something you didn't do any of the fun stuff i'm like i'm all this two cycle stuff is slowly coming back to me where you do like squish band clearancing and stuff with your head and you yep. poured out your head for the squish band and it's just, i poured anyways. it out the case you know, I, saw I did that. some of that yeah, yeah. yeah i yeah. didn't have to do any squishing or anything like that no i see okay. people talking about what's your squish i'm like i don't know what i'm squish i just <laughs> the thing just runs what are we talking about squish so i uh i took the head off and i got a helicoil kit okay First of all, what I should have done is just chase the threads. Okay. That's the first thing I should have done. Okay. Did not do that. Just went straight to helicoil. Why? Because when I put the spark plug, like I... I guess when you pull it out, if you think threads are coming with, then you're yeah, like, and, they're and it toast. Was, it looked smooth. Like it looked like yeah. it just it just didn't look good, right? Right. But And I was probably about one third of the way down, stripped out. Okay. And when I, I did chase it first, and I started to screw the spark plug in... And it felt loose. Yeah. I'm like, oh, there's just really not that much there. It's just not grabbing, right? It's just not right. grabbing the spark plug. So I run the helicoil. Or I run the tap and run the... So with a helicoil kit, what a helicoil kit is, is you basically go one size bigger, right? right? You you ta- it, you it, open the hole up. You, what it is, is it's two taps in one. You've got a, yes. a, a small tap and a big tap. And the small one clears the way for the big one. And the big one comes through and just hogs it out, bores it out all the way. And then you have a steel sleeve right. that you put in afterward. And then you whack it with a hammer. And it expands out, that mushrooms out the top. 
which it has like little teeth on it. Sure. And it bites into the hole. And there you go. You're all, you're good to go. And in theory, in theory, um, let me let me show you how it went for for me. Oh, in you fucker. This is Chris in life, that in was real me. life. Jesse was secretly filming she was, me. Yeah, your wife was filming you, and you didn't know. So this yeah, I was is just, just like, this is real Chris. The, the helicoil started to go in crooked, and I went. <laughs> you were so upset by I that point. I just sent it. I just, I, I just sent it. I just was like, just reefing on this thing. I saw the video. Why is it going this in there is crooked? a video. And you, can, and you are just cranking on this yeah, thing. I posted a video on you my Instagram. You put all of the rage into that helicoil. You can actually watch my skin turn from normal pallid crisp to red. <laughs> like the skin on my face turns red. And so I just started your, your raging on this thing. Your wife sent me this video like in real time. Yeah, she sent I it to you right away. I think she was slightly worried for her safety seeing how angry you were. <laughs> I was very upset. And she goes, uh, no big deal over here. Chris is just having a hissy fit in the corner. And I go, did you have to put him in a timeout? Because <laughs> I think you should have been in putting timeout and just taking a minute to think about what you're doing. I, I, that's my... Patience is my biggest problem with any kind of project, anything like that. So now the helicoil is in there, uh -huh. but it is off. It's just twisted <laughs> a little bit sideways. Does the spark plug even go in? Yeah, it works great. Oh, okay. Yeah, thing runs. It's no problem. Oh, so you got it all buttoned back I up. I got it buttoned back up. It's down the road, and I'm going to order a new head. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but, yeah, it's... it's if is, your, not, is your temp gauge working then after all that? Yes, Sweet. I haven't like run it up to temp, but it works. Cool. Yeah, it's on there. It's good I to go. It, I didn't put it on the spark plug. I put it on a, a stud, one of the cylinder head studs. Why? Because this, the way the cover goes on there and the fins, it's just, it's not convenient at all where, where it is. So I put but it on. That's not conducting straight into the combustion chamber. I don't mind. care. Okay. I don't care. It's on the cylinder head, <laughs> like half an inch away from the spark plug. Okay. It will be fine. I just need to know if the thing's going to grenade or not that's where i need to be yeah but you realize like the spark plug actually conducts heat through the fact that it's steel as yes. opposed to the aluminum because it's in the combustion chamber whereas the stud goes outside of the combustion chamber and isn't conducting as much heat chris yeah i should probably move it the spark it's plug basically acts as a heat probe Yes, you're correct. Yeah, maybe so I'll, I'll move it. Figure that out. I'll move it. Um, also drove the C10 down here, and you that hadn't driven it yet. That was fun. So you I, drove the C10. <laughs> it is a very different driving experience than any other vehicle. It is about 725 uh, steering wheel turns lock to lock. Yes. What is going on with that? The steering wheel's 10 <laughs> feet wide, and you have this to is turn the it. Four power steering, man. It it is an entirely different driving experience. It's yes. very chill. It's relaxed. It's, I can see. You can't rush anything. Having my arm out the window and just going to take some corn somewhere yes or something like that it is that. a farm truck through and through it's just very low it is but it doesn't feel low i no, ran over the earth many times sitting up on a big cab yeah you feel like you're in a normal 
driving height position, yep. but you're just running and scraping into everything. <laughs> yes. It was great. It did not, it didn't make me want one, but I could see how it would be very, very enjoyable. Yeah. I, I appreciate you letting me drive. Absolutely. That was, that was fun. Let's get into a little bit of news. All right. So Chris, Renault's new transmission for its e-tech hybrid system has some unique origins. It's currently available in a whole slew of vehicles in Europe, but it was apparently quite the challenge to get the system to work in a smaller economy car. Okay. The Why task do I care about this? Fell, I'm letting, we'll get to it. The okay. task fell to engineer Nikolaus Frumau. Quote, when I saw my son playing with Lego Technic sprockets at home, I said to myself, well, it's not too far off from what I'd like to do. So I bought what I needed piece by piece and have all the assembly elements, said Fruman. Fruman then spent 20 hours designing the transmission in Legos. Why don't you just use CAD? I don't understand. Why are we doing this? This is crazy. Well, the, I mean, cool. <laughs> the exercise turned to be uh, quite instrumental in the development. Quote, the Lego model allowed me to think of new ideas that hadn't occurred to me when I was designing on paper. The result was a transmission that has no clutch and it's connected to two electric motors as well as the internal combustion engine. Renault says that with the system, 80% of city driving can be handled on electric power only despite a small 1.2 kilowatt hour battery. That is very small. Uh, but in order to get design approval, Fromo had to present his Lego model to higher management. <laughs> Can you imagine walking into some, like, suit office with a Lego model? <laughs> Quote, Renault has always been a very open company, especially when it comes to research. But the day I brought the model to the Gerard de Rebro and Remy Bastien, the guys in charge, I assume, I didn't know how they would react. They walked around the model, they touched it, and they felt that we had a real object. And I will always remember Gerard de Troyes' remark. If we can make it in Lego, it will work. That's really awesome. From there, it took a relatively short, by automotive development standard, 18 months to get the principles developed in the Lego model into the actual moving car. That's so there you go. That's pretty rad. I mean, I, I just like that. There if is you something right now. You know, you'd be like, you know, this was designed in Lego first. Yeah, it'd be, that'd, <laughs> I that'd don't be know your, why, but that'd be your big bragging cool. point as you drove around with your Birkenstocks Legos. So you may have heard about a Tesla driving itself into a tree. I did hear about this. What did you hear? That is all I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just before midnight uh, last Saturday, Tesla, a Tesla drove swiftly around a curve, veered off the road, and struck a tree bursting into flames in Woodlands, Texas, a suburb of North Houston. It took, I do know that the fire department had issues. It took four hours for fire officials to put out the flames inside the 2019 Model S, police said. They found two passengers dead oh, and discovered geez. that neither was driving the Tesla at the time of the crash. By the way, it took 30,000 gallons of water to put out this fire after you know, four well, hours. Remember we talked about this probably last year is a lot of fire departments now just keep basically a giant dumpster full of water that they will crane a burning Tesla and just submerge just it. Just put it in the water. Yeah, it seems like the, uh, from what I read, it's not in this article, but the fire department called Tesla to go, hey, how do we put out this fire? Right. And at this point, I know that Tesla offers training. Yeah, if we, you want, if you're we a had a listener actually um, write to us and basically said- Hey, like, they've got training. They can- they, they put a bunch of training to fire departments. They reach out to them. So, so it's honestly on the police, on the fire department. I think it not, is. To not know how to do I this. think it is. Quote, uh, this is uh, police, the Harris County Precinct Mark Herman, a constable. They call him a constable. That's <laughs> <laughs> so Texas. Our in investigation has determined that one of the victims was in the front passenger seat. One was in the back seat. He is 100% certain that no one was in the driver's seat. Oh, 100% oh, 
certain. Now, uh, Elon Musk has responded. He actually retweeted someone else's tweet. Okay. Uh, Ahmad Dalhat says, this doesn't make sense. There are safety measures in place with the autopilot seat is weighted to, to make sure there is a driver. Hands must be on the steering wheel every 10 seconds or it disengages. Autopilot doesn't go over speed limits. Over limit is impossible. Research, please. Elon responded, retweeting, your research, research as a private individual is better than the professionals at Wall Street Journal. Data logs recovered so far show autopilot was not enabled and the car did not have full self-driving purchased. Moreover, standard mm. autopilot require lane lines to turn on, which this street did not have. So he's saying, first of all, this is impossible because right. you have to have weight on the seat. Second of all, the uh, the autopilot doesn't work if there's no reference points for it to use. Third, the thing never was was not optional. It wasn't even equipped wasn't with wasn't even autopilot. equipped with uh, full self-driving. Okay. Uh, the fact that nobody in the driver's there's uh, three points in this in this article. The fact that nobody was in the driver's seat of the car makes autopilot the Occam's razor explanation for the wreck, which basically is the simplest explanation is the answer. Right. right? Which is that it was self-driving and crash because there's a guy in the passenger seat. Guy, like the owner of the car was in the rear seat. Okay, so the the pastor, he was showing off his party trick of correct, his car. Correct. Uh, the New York Times also wrote earlier in the day that the men in the vehicle had discussed autopilot before leaving on their drive together. So obviously they're talking about it. It comes off as a preemptive PR effort to potentially mitigate and or influence the outcome of the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the NT. Uh, SP Safety Board look into the wreck. Talking about Elon. Right. It turns out that the autopilot was, in fact, if it turns out that the autopilot was, in fact, off, the circumstances behind the wreck become even more baffling. Like, it doesn't make sense. Right. Was he just, Why like, was sticking his leg over the, over the center console? It doesn't... <clears throat> well, and you wouldn't be able to be in the back seat driving, quote-unquote, the car if it didn't have some sort of autopilot in order to engage. Right. If it turns out that one of the regulators finds the autopilot and or full self-driving was on during or even seconds before the wreck, Musk may need further PR efforts to repair the harm it could do to his and her. To or his just and engineering. His yeah. Uh, Texas police are going to serve warrants on Tesla on Tuesday to secure data from the fatal vehicle crash. A senior officer told Reuters on Monday after CEO Elon Musk tweeted some stuff. Uh, so that's kind of where things are at, right? Okay. We don't really know. We're, we're just going to await the the highway traffic safety it board. It sure appears that it was self-driving and something went wrong. I, However, Tesla is saying there it couldn't have been. So I'm trying to figure out in my mind, okay, let's let's say the, the so the guy's in the back seat, right. obviously because he's trying to show off it's self-driving, but maybe the guy was driving and then they crashed and he was trying to get out of the car. So I he also scrambled thought of over the seat. He couldn't get out the other side because the door was crammed shut, which we can't see because the thing literally melted to the ground. Wow. Right? It was like a furnace. You can't so even see the car So my question anymore. is, how is the constable then, quote, 100% sure that it, he wasn't driving? I think it's just because the guy was a little brisket in the passenger seat, right? You know, and then the other guy was in the back seat. In the back seat, and there was no one driving. But if the guy was trying to get out of the car and he couldn't get the door open, he would have climbed been over. You know, and I mean, then the car burst into this flames. Is some weird cover up by Tesla where they're like removing the fact that it had autopilot. They've had a lot of news on that autopilot's coming. Like, oh, it's just around the corner, beta. Oh, it's right here. So they're going to fight this for sure. Um, here, Consumer Reports said Thursday that it took a 2020 Tesla Model Y on a closed test track to see if the vehicle could operate on autopilot. Tesla's automated driving system with nobody in the driver's seat. Oh. 
The product testing organization found it could easily get the car to drive even with no one in the driver's seat. <laughs> Consumer Reports said it tricked Tesla's system by putting a weighted chain on the wheel and keeping the seatbelt buckled on the driver's seat. That's all it took. That's all it took. Okay. That's it. That's all it took. So the only thing that stands out kind of hinky to me is the fact that Tesla is saying this car never had autopilot option. Yes. So my question is, would they go as far as to basically doctor their own records? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think they would do that. Well, I then, think that's too, that's too dangerous. Then I have caught. to believe them. I don't know. Yeah, there's there's some there's some mistake here somewhere. Whether that's the right. logs, there's a mistake. Whether maybe it the purchasing that he actually does have full self driving. There's something that doesn't add up, right? right. Something doesn't quite jive. Right. We're just gonna have to wait to find out. Yeah. No, I don't want to you know immolate uh, Tesla over this, but we'll just have to see where things go. Poor choice of words. Yeah. Well, that's how it goes. <laughs> A suspect in a series of larceny cases was arrested Tuesday after police discovered that he had arrived to his court date in, get this, a stolen vehicle. <laughs> this is Florida. It's got to be Florida. I don't even know. Let's Troy yes. County. Uh, Mark S. Cooper appeared at Troy City Court in a vehicle that was one of many stolen from the Hampton Manor neighborhood between Sunday night and Tuesday. Cooper fled after he realized he had been spotted in the vehicle by police, but was eventually found with the assistance from Troy Police. Anytime you have a like a, a neighborhood called Manor or Estate or Hills or anything, they're what never, are you going to? They're never good neighborhoods. No, no they're, they're never not. good. No, I know. Anything, it's this is like opposite. a language trickery exactly. type of thing. Exactly. Yeah, it's, like, it's like Greenland and Iceland. What? Well, they're opposites. Yeah, I see what you right. mean. Go yes. ahead. Okay, that took you a minute. Uh, he was initially located using the ankle bracelet he was wearing in connection to an unrelated charge, which is presumably the one he was showing up to court for. However, it was found upon his arrest that he had cut the monitor off after fleeing police, which is, of course, another crime to be added to his rap sheet. Cooper was arraigned, charged with third-degree grand larceny, and sent to Roslar County Jail without any bail. Stop. Breaking the law. <laughs> what are you doing? I this? like that he showed up to his court date in a stolen car. He can't miss his court date. I he mean, just can't. They're yeah. going to issue a warrant. So you and just the cop like looks at somebody. him, runs the plate, and he's like, wait a minute. So how long do you think it's going to be before the Tycon finally passes the 9-11? The, 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 like in a in race? Sales. In sales. I don't know. How long I, do you think it'll be? Like 2030, 2035? <laughs> well, I can read the headline. I know it's now. <laughs> <laughs> Porsche's electric Taycan sales have nearly surpassed the iconic okay, 911. Nearly. So it hasn't happened yet. Well, I mean, we're talking less than 100 cars. Wow. I mean, it's worldwide Porsche deliveries for the Taycan in the, second, in the first quarter were 9,072. You know what this goes to show is Porsche isn't selling a lot of 911s, actually. Yeah. In the same period, the German automaker owned by Volkswagen AG sold 9,133 911s. Yeah. The difference between the Taycan and the 911 sold was 61. Wow. This suggests that the Porsche community has been electrified <laughs> by the new Taycan. The automaker could end up selling more Taycans than the 911 this year as the green revolution ushers in demand for electric vehicles. The green revolution, All right, so Chris. here's kind of the, the interesting thing I see here. In 2020, there was mm -hmm. 20,000 Taycan deliveries. Okay. There were 34,000 911 deliveries. Already oh. this year, it's tied. Wow. So by the end of the year, they're definitely going to be selling more of these things yeah i was going to say something mean but oh uh, quote <laughs> we are extremely pleased that the community of porsche customers continues to grow all over the world detlev von 
screw everything up and member of the executive board for sales and marketing at Porsche what? AG said in a statement. You can't be upset about this. They have to do this. <laughs> they have to do this, Chris. On you a year-over-year year basis, them. demand for Porsche vehicles in the first quarter was substantially higher. Great. You know what you could also be upset by is the mm. number of Macans sold versus the number of 911s sold. Yeah, but the Macans being sold was always a, we're building these and we've sold these so we can still make the 911. Right. That doesn't seem like that's the Why case Why is the anymore. Taycan any different? Because it seems like the Taycan is what they really want to sell now. It's They have to appear that way. I know. They have to appear that way. Although, you know who doesn't appear that way? And I love them is Nissan. Yeah, oh, their new commercial is so good. We didn't so talk good. about the commercial. This new commercial is so, so good. So damn good. We should repost it. It's, it's it's awesome. It's really good. Absolutely incredible. Kudos to Nissan on that. On a year-over-year basis, demand for Porsche vehicles in the, is, in the first quarter was substantially higher. Quote, order bookings also continue to develop very well. We will fulfill the dreams of many more customers with our sports cars in the coming months. <laughs> the Taycan is not a sports car. No, it's not. It is not a sports car. No. The 911 is not a sports car. M5, not a sports car. The Boxster, sports car. Yes. The Cayman, sports car. Yeah, I well, definitely no. Cayman. 911, no. Yeah. It's not a sports car. I know. The Taycan's not a sports car. Nope. The only, they only make like one and a half sports cars now. The, this this whole thing of- What's the half? A, a Cayman. A Cayman is just- Okay, okay. 1.75 sports cars. I would say Boxster and Cayman. The Cayman is more sports car than Boxster. Yeah, they're probably pretty close. They're both great cars. Actual sports cars. Everything yes. else is just grand touring. They're grand touring cars. Yep. Um, for readers hoping a 100% battery powered 911 is around the corner, Porsche CEO Oliver Bloom recently squashed those hopes and said, let me be clear, our icon, the 911, will have a combustion engine for a long time to come, which is completely ambiguous and um, <laughs> a long time to come. non-confirming. Next month! <laughs> I tell my kids that we're going to be somewhere to half an hour, and they're rolling their eyes, sliding out of their car seat. That is a long time. Time to come I for them. I see what you mean. Yes. I see what you mean. In the meantime, while EV bloom blossoms, Taycan sales look to outpace 911 sales for the full year if the current trends hold. And they will. Clearly. And they absolutely will, especially as I we, do want to see a pie chart of all of their models sold, though. I think the Macan is like Oh, it's huge. huge. They're, they're absolutely everywhere. Right. This is still a small piece of yeah, the so pie. It's, it's still, they're chipping away. They're chipping away. It's, it's, it's the future. And we're going to have an electric 911 within a few years. Well, it's not their choice, Chris. It's not like they're the ones shoving this down our throat. Who is? I don't want to get that. Okay. It's well, everybody not... can think in their head whose fault this is. Yeah. Um, before I read you this next story, I want to see if you remember this movie scene. I told y'all I had a surprise. How you like that for a finale? Bridge. That's some Fast and the Furious something. That was, yeah, the second yeah, Fast something. and the Furious where they, like, jump over a bridge over at the, the street bridge, race. Yeah. And at the time, I thought that was the stupidest scene in the Fast and Furious franchise, which, no, boy, no, was no, I no. wrong. Yeah, much to come. Boy, much was to I come. wrong. Regardless, let's see if you can guess where this next story is you going. You know what the stupidest scene is? Is where they drag the bank vault, bank vault through the town on a chain, and it destroys the... I know. And it doesn't slow the cars down Not at all. At, no, no, no. Well, no. they did also jump a car from one tower to another tower in Dubai. You remember that one? Yes, I do. Oh, this, um, you know there, was, there was a tank. Here's, here's, here it is, though. I don't care. It's fun. Okay. I don't care. It's fun. I, I agree. It's I don't I care. Agree. They're awesome. I want to see Just more. Just saying the bank vault wasn't that bad compared to a lot want, of the other ones. I want cars in space. That's it. That's all we got to do is we got to start you driving. You know they're going to space. Yeah, we're going to drive Hellcats <laughs> on the moon in, in the next Fast and the Furious. <laughs> I love, I, there was some meme I should repost, but it was like, 
all right, guys, we're going to make another Fast and Foods Furious movie. And they just make it a Mad Lib. So he's like, give me a wrestler we haven't seen yet. Okay. And give me another word for family. Okay. And give me somewhere the cars can't go. All right. So here's what's going to happen. We're going to have this guy. And then they're going to be lived. And then the car's going to go into space. And then this wrestler who we haven't seen before, he's going to come in. And then at the end, Vin Diesel's going to say, it's family. Here's and what that we- is the whole movie. They need to go back to Toretto's childhood. Yes, they we need, talked about I, this. I want a be dark, so good. It's like it would be like the transformation from when Batman was stupid to when Batman was cool. Yes, you know that just the transition. The Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah, when they went to Christopher Nolan, it got dark and serious, yes. and because that's the way Batman always was. And if we could get dark, serious Toretto, where he's growing up. He has to go through his dad dying, and he puts the car away because it terrifies him. Maybe he drives it one time, and it scares him, so he, he parks it away. And just There could be such a great story there. Wait, are what? you Toretto with the Vespa? <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. 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 Absolutely. That's, yeah. All right, back to the story. A Florida driver jumped across an opening drawbridge this week. Video of the jump captured by a security camera shows a gray SUV smashing through a lowered traffic arm, jumping over the raised drawbridge over the Halifax River, then tearing through the second traffic arm on the other side without so much as slowing down. Ooh, that's bad. (laughs) (laughs) There's two things everybody has always wanted to do. Two things. Okay. One. Yes. Drive up on the semi that's hauling cars. Yes. Two. Jump a drawbridge. <laughs> right. Who has not wanted to do You're that? Right. I didn't even need to see Gone in 60 Seconds of to course. know that I want to jump over a drawbridge. Yes. Well, it's also in The Blues Brothers. It's, it's everywhere. It's in Dukes it's, of Hazzard. It it's in Smoking iconic. the Bandit. I want to do it. Yes. Let's go. Let's a jump over the drawbridge. police spokesman said on oh, Friday. Also, drift a roundabout. I yeah, want to do that really, really yeah. bad, too. I, I mean, that's pretty easy could, to do. I can drift the 911, uh, or the, not, the 911 could not probably drift a roundabout. Well, it maybe could. with the new power, it, it probably could. could. Um, but the, the M5? Totally. Definitely could. I got to find an empty parking lot with smooth pavement and a light pole so I can practice. You know, I can't, uh, roundabout's narrow, you hit the curb, you ruin $4,000 set of wheels. But if I could practice with a light pole in the or middle, you could just like doing donuts, circles, circles, circles around it. Yeah. Yeah, that would be, All right. that's the way to go. Uh, police spokesman said on Friday that they believe they had identified the driver, but no arrest had yet been made. The, uh, let's see, it's unclear whether the jump was performed out of desire for adventure or impatience <laughs> to get to the other side of the river. Now, can it be both? Yes, absolutely. When you watch the video, it's slightly disappointing in how little airtime the car gets. I mean, it does lift all four tires the, off. The guy doesn't know how much airtime he's going to get. He just sends it. He, he you're doesn't right. know. But what really stands out to me is when the driver blows through the first traffic arm, it completely decimates his windshield. Like it has it's shatters just, everywhere where you can't even see through it, which you would think would be jarring enough that you would slam on the brakes. But I guess this person just did not give any... Innies, innies. He just and sent none it. Of them. He just sent it. Uh, ironically, a similar stunt occurred on the very same bridge just the month prior during the Daytona Beach Bike Week when a motorcyclist was again captured on film jumping the bridge as it was being raised. Although two jumps have been recorded within two months, the police said they do not believe there's a pattern of b- bridge jumps ahead. <laughs> Nobody's going to follow suit Yet. with this guy? Yet. Yet. Yeah, exactly. So what do you, what do you know about getting fingerprints? Well, all I need to read to you for this next story is the headline. Yeah, I see that. Tire slasher leaves severed finger in Arizona woman's driveway. (laughs) Jeez. 
racist. Is, first of all, uh-huh. is serial tire slashing a problem in wherever this is? I don't know. Arizona. Tire slasher. They make it sound like he's some sort of serial killer for tires. <laughs> An Arizona woman called the police after she noticed that someone had slashed her SUV tires and, at closer look, realized the perpetrator left part of a finger behind. One of her neighbors said he heard a loud scream and a car spinning off at around 10.30 p.m. the previous night. Even without fingerprints and part of the finger they belong to, finding who slashed the Suburban's tires was simple. You see, the woman told investigators she found a trail of blood that starts at her SUV and leads to the house of a neighbor (laughs) that she had previously had an argument with. Quote, it's pretty comical. You would think that if you're going to go to the hospital, especially if you just severed your finger off, you would take said finger with you. As of writing, investigators haven't yet been able to find and interrogate the neighbor, but have kept the finger for evidence. Which finger? <laughs> <laughs> That's the question. Is which finger is yeah, it? Yeah. I. Wow. How did I, I'm trying to figure out what happened. He probably had the knife in his hand, and he went to jam it in the tire. And I think and it he just slipped. It, and it slipped. He poked the tire, and it just whoop, just whoop. I, yeah, I don't know. Out. I mean, that's a sharp knife. But that not, is a very sharp but knife. But not a pointy knife. Otherwise, it would have went right into the tire. True. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On Monday, we have Adam Schultz coming on. Yes. And you talk about exploration. You talk about exploration. This guy did it 4,000 kilometers alone across the Arctic on foot with a canoe. It is an incredible story. I really look forward to sharing it with you guys. Okay. We will see you on Monday. Take care.